When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Sam Keir, host of Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. For the past 12 months, I've been talking to T20 star David Visa, getting his take from behind the scenes at the IPL, the 100 and the rest of the world's biggest leagues. That's the Donnelly View system deal. There's no <laughs> ways in my mind that was up. These guys don't know how to win at this stage. He had his driver pick him up in his Bentley. People start chanting your name. You kind of have to pinch yourself. Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Sport Social. It is it's the match reaction for Everton's heavy loss away at Arsenal. Uh, the game is just ticking away in the final uh, moments, but uh, Mark Moses got a new child now, so we need to get these things done quickly. Uh, can't be waiting for Everton to lose 5 or 6 0. It's currently 4 0 uh, with about five minutes to go, but I think, barring any late. Um, more goals from Arsenal or a ridiculous comeback of Everton the game is is pretty much done um, kind of what we expect to mate in terms of scoreline Everton were, were alright for 40 minutes or four and then they make one mistake that a good player in in Saka and then I think it's fair to say that since that goal and the way in which Idrissi Gay dallied on the ball for that second and, and what came after the, the roof has very much caved in mm. My daughter, being nine weeks old, has very little understanding of the conscious world at the moment. But I think the the fact that she slept through what are we now eighty eight minutes yeah. slept through eighty four of those. Um, for any new parent, will know that that is a task that is quite a mean feat at this tender age. Um, Everton are good for something seemingly in life, uh, and if that is putting small children into a comatose state and then I think you know I, I at the moment will take that but um, it, it it's always really difficult I think assessing an Everton away performance you could probably stop that sentence there but in particular at a team like Arsenal who are so fluid um, I think the first the first six or seven minutes scared me slightly um, because everything that you kind of anticipated an Everton potential positive result or performance being tonight uh, I think the first 10 minutes of the game absolutely wasn't that and I think the, the kind of end-to-end frantic nature of it um, I think certainly the commentary that that we heard tonight suggested that Everton were you know relatively had a promising start and mm. I think described tentatively as being on top in the early stages <laughs> I mean I think only Evertonians knew that that was not the way that this game needed to be. Um, Sean Dyche kind of alluded to it in in comments this week about how we needed to be, you know, horrible wasn't the word he used, but I think he suggested that we need a a kind of a gritty edge to our performance in order to to churn some form of result out. And, you know, a nil-nil tonight would have been seen as as an enormous positive and that's just... Sounds ridiculous now, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. That's just a reflection of of the state of the team at the moment. But um, 
slight sympathy with the kind of nature of the the first couple of goals and that you know they are fine margins and um, one of them is obviously very much brought on ourselves by Idrissa Gay Dalian on the ball um but you'd like to think that they are that one in particular is a goal a few weeks down the line of Sean Dyche being here that simply doesn't happen um that's is, is that because he's jettisoned from the team for that well okay. because like I mean I yeah. agree with the first goal you know Mikolenko and Keane switch off. They've been defending a lot. It's not. It's not good for me. I think Saka takes up a very good position yeah, as well, and, and he finishes it well on his on his weak foot. You know, <laughs> we've been used to watching lads who can only kick the ball, can barely yeah. kick the ball with one foot mm-hmm. all year. That that is, that is a good finish. But you know, with Gay there, you, you said the word dallying on the ball. I think it goes beyond that. To be honest, it, it's a player who's just mm. completely switched off and being like a daisical, and, and and we've seen this from him. You know, it, it sort of gets forgotten because it was the fourth goal in the game. But think back to that Brighton game when he just yeah. gave up and played a blind pass into, into nobody, and they went away from scored on it. He gave away a mistake at the weekend. It, it's happening week after week, and, and you know this is obviously instant reaction. We don't know if there's like a, an injury or something there, but if there's no injury there, I'm absolutely not surprised whatsoever that, that Daesh dragged him at half time because for someone who's all about standards and, and, and application and effort and and fighting. That was just the total opposite of that. That was a lad who just thought, you know, our time's ticking down here. I've got mm. the ball under no pressure. I'm, I'm just going to take as much time as I need over this and just, just casually try and pass it back to the goalkeeper. And and ultimately, he gets, you know, Arsenal have outplayed Everton tonight and that, that was always going to happen. They've got great players. They're on a great run. It was always going to be really difficult for us. But in in that sense, that was just a team who's challenging for something wanting it more than a team that's trying to fight for something. Mm. You know, Martinelli and um, was it, I don't know if it was Trossard won the ball. Like They they really wanted it. You know, they were after yeah. it. And where they're supposed to be a team that's fighting and scrapping to try and f- fight for our lives, it's right on half-time. It's 1-0. You're still kind of in the game there. You don't give up and dally in that situation. And I, I, I can imagine Dice being royally pissed off by that. I, I, I don't yes, think it's any surprise yeah. whatsoever that he's dragged them there at all. Yeah, I mean, the, the most the most promising thing that probably happened tonight on the assumption that there's no injury is that we have seen a manager being you know re- really coming out at, at that half ter- at that half time break and obviously we don't know what he said but um if he is to make this an example to the rest of the squad that those sorts of lapses won't be tolerated then i think that they are the the very thin straws that we can cling on to as being some form of learning curve of an evening that has been largely negative of course um he he in particular he's probably the kind of personification for me of a team that doesn't quite realize the the shit that it's in um you know the the kind of step up in urgency which you know is obviously quite fresh in our minds from last season but there was a there was a kind of tangible level of you know, notable nervousness almost about players' yeah. performance at the back end of last season, and you, know, you at, at that point you've just got to kind of make those those nerves work for you. Um, I, I I still don't feel that I look at eleven lads now who know that they are in an enormous relegation battle, mm-hmm. and I think if you ask any fan on the street, they'd say that the the kind of feelings we have towards the the potential trapdoor are, are very much more more amplified this year than they ever were at, at most points last season. Um, he, as you say, you know, we, we've praised midfielders far too quickly in years gone by for, mm. 
for having this kind of Rolls Royce time on the ball. I'm so composed mentality. Um, he he does on occasion offer us that, and I, I still do watch Garner at times in this team and think I I I get your your position in this squad, and I think you know I I get the ideology of having someone like him behind the core and behind Inanna, who obviously want to be a little bit more expansive um you know the the idea of Garner we always think about is to you know and any kind of six really is to break up play and then do the simple thing in a in a very understated and a very calm manner I think he he you know from a defensive point of view I don't think the negatives of his game will ever be and certainly when I think of where he potentially lets us down it's not in failing to spot a through ball or failing to put a foot in you know he from a from a combative point of view he he he's still there for me it's when he's on the ball um you know he, we offer, we obviously don't give him the chance to be in advanced positions at the moment but I think Prior to his move, we we were starting to see that that element of kind of can you really trust this fella on the ball? Um, m- most of that, as I say, for me was was often in front of goal, yeah. and whenever whenever he kind of advanced himself up the pitch, it became pretty obvious quite quickly that he was quite limited. Um, I don't mind him making mistakes in hindsight when he's that far up the pitch. And you know, if if our number six can't go forward and be really involved in attack yeah. and play, then so be it. Um, when he can't win the ball effectively and then play a simple ball to, you know, whoever it would have been tonight, any one of the centre halves. Um, <laughs> back to the Pickford, yeah. put it out for a corner, <laughs> just just anything but that basically, yeah. Um and I think the the worrying element is that these are you know, why why do you go out and, and sign someone of his ilk? It's because you want that seniority and you want that that kind of know how in the middle of your midfield. Um you know, all all of the things that he should provide, we he's kind of make a laugh and stock of us in that in that one moment. Um, yeah, I mean, and the penalty at the weekend as well. You know, it's that, that's, yeah. that's you know that's probably even more of a mistake in some. You know, it's it's not as as bad a bit of play, but it's a more crucial mistake in the sense that that was a very even game, and he and he makes a rash challenge. Yes, and it, that that ultimately gets Villa involved. You know, we're obviously one 0 down. It's, it's a much tougher one tonight, but you're right. You know, there's there's players in there that. There's plays in there that like, you know, I've, I've said this so many times down the years on this show. I imagine we've got so many footballers you look around and go, I've been a club X, how have I ended up here? You know, this, this is a lad who was playing with mm-hmm. Kylian Mbappe and Lionel Messi last year and, and Neymar. And that that was always the the worry. And listen, I don't I don't want to go in on him alone because it was awful all around tonight. But you know, how, how many players have we got that have been at that level now that at the football club that look around and think, how on earth have I ended up here in, in this relegation battle? It's it's a blend of those players and also the ones where Club X looks at those players and thinks, how on earth have you ended up here? Yeah, um, from all of the negative, the, the negative permutations of that. I think you know, just I, I appreciate that we haven't got a lot of depth at the moment, and you know, substitutions. We're never going to be you know we're Everton and we're eighteenth in the league. We're not going to be bringing superstars on the bench and and looking consistently fluid, but. There's so many players at every single stage of that game tonight that you just thought, how do you play for Everton? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it, it's the it's the contrast between that f- feeling and then the kind of broader, you know, when you, when you think about Everton and, and the predicament that they're in and, and potential relegation, you just think, why are we shocked? Like, the, yeah. there's so many of these footballers who are just quite simply not up to it. And you know, for for years, I've I've kind of rested on the fact that I, I'm 
pretty comfortable in most seasons, able to look around at other teams and the players that they have and think, you know, I I have. I have issues with Everton and I, uh, you know, I have niggles about certain players and how we play football. But there's a good six or seven teams here who who have major struggles and yeah. most of them are worse than ours. We've, we've progressively managed to accelerate our own decline way beyond any of those other teams around us to the point where, you know, we, we've, we've seen a team beaten by Grimsby Town at home in the FA Cup tonight and if I haven't we're playing them tomorrow I'd be convinced we get beat <laughs> because you know we we are unfortunately just that nature of Premier League team now but it's um it, it's trying I'm, I'm trying really hard to, to kind of treat this game in isolation because I feel as though when I watch Everton teams play these games that's how they treat it mm-hmm. um you know they, they are very much a they're, a they're a roll of the dice let's just see if we can be dead mean and see what happens but um at, i mean at least in the second half dice just looked at you know mason holgate in central midfield is not the answer yeah. um but he he at least if nothing else tonight made that point that well at, at least on the face of it, it seems that mistakes like that will not be tolerated um that everything I say about the kind of primary objective tonight in terms of how we were ever going to get a result, and you know, obviously, obviously being quite defensively resilient and and possibly grinding out a nil nil win, um, <laughs> that there has to be an edge about us going forward as well. Uh, and I I know, I know that earlier in the game we we mentioned about sort of McNeil getting forward well, and Awobi even got forward yeah. on that right hand side well, but you know, there's no fool in us in terms of what capabilities this team has going forward absolutely no one in their right mind thought that Everton were capable of scoring any goal other than a set piece goal tonight and I think most of that as as you alluded to in the first half Matt was summed up by that you know I'll use massive inverted comma fingers here for the counter attack <laughs> well, that, that we launched on the left hand side well that, that was it wasn't it because like there were moments in that first half we thought if we had two capable footballers who could run relatively quickly on the pitch, then we probably would have scored a goal. Because the, the one counter-attack that, that comes to mind, and again, inverted commas, counter and attack, is the, the one where Decore picked it up and then it went to McNeil and then I think Mope has a back heel in the box in the end, doesn't he? It, it, goes, yeah, it was like an apologetic flick, I'll call and it. Like, and like you look, you, you go, go back and watch that counter-attack and every player in that move does the best to mess it up. Yeah, and we and we still managed to somehow have a shot on target at Ramsdale, albeit a very very weak one. It's like the core stumbles over the ball as he has been doing so often in recent weeks. McNeil takes a terrible touch out wide. He plays a bad ball into Mope. He doesn't turn quick enough and has to do an inverted shot. And we're still getting a shot at goal. It's like yeah. put two players on the pitch, or, or you know, you know who knows two players that we might have signed in January who could have gone forward and yeah. and actually done something and you maybe get a goal there and you have got something to cling on to then and, and the game's very different and and listen this this is obviously Arsenal away and you know we could have gone one and up there and, and still conceded four or five or whatever tonight because they are they are that good aside but it just well the evidence is there isn't it we're having the same issue in every single game now I mean. Mm. The goal scoring record is is absolutely horrendous, isn't it? You know, the, the yeah. I think it's since the the the, um, the World Cup we've scored two goals from open play, and one of them was a, a shot or cross from Seamus Coleman, whatever you think it is, and the other one was a thirty yard worldie from Damari Gray, who's seemingly not getting getting a sniff anymore. And it's it's like 
what 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 the, it's almost like if a, if a striker was running through a golden you'd be saying try and win a corner lad like yeah, that, yeah. that's sort of where we are you know you'd be saying to Mope try and knock it off Ramsdale to save it and it'll go behind because that that's the only way we're going to score a goal and mm-hmm. and when you can't do that it it just and listen Everton defended terribly tonight but when you've got no centre forward effectively you've got no product productivity out wide. It just heaps so much pressure on that midfield and that defence then as well. And that's when they are becoming more prone to crumble in, in the manner that we saw in the second half tonight. If, if I had no centre forward and no productivity out wide, I can absolutely guarantee I'd have Damari Gray on the pitch. Um, you know, n- none of us really know. And he's not great, is he? He's got, oh, no, he's got no, no, three no. goals all season, oh, but I, he's still a top scorer. <laughs> and I would be I would be the first to say that he is, you know, comfortably our most frustrating player at times. But... Um, he, he he clearly is the only player in this entire squad who has any form of attacking edge about him. You know, that you, you don't have to have long memories to think back to a game in that the blueprint was, was very much set in terms of going to the Etihad and, mm. you know, albeit going a goal behind and not being the greatest performance of all time. In those games where you where you do concede a goal, you need to maintain a bit of resoluteness about you, obviously, to not concede three or four like we have done tonight. And you need someone who's going to potentially just be capable of doing something to get you back yeah. into a game. Um, I, I don't exaggerate when you know when Everton go one 0 down tonight. We are we simply do not have a footballer who is capable of getting us out of that situation, other than James Tarkovsky coming up from a from a corner and and nothing one in at, at the back post like we we managed to muster against Arsenal. Um, I, I I get what Sean Dyche is about. Um, you know, I, I get what he demands from his players and, and primarily most of that is going to be from a defensive nature at the moment because we quite simply have to stop losing football matches. But um I, I do look at the Murray Gray consistently in, in you know, every starting lineup or every sixty minutes a good as someone we glance over to the bench and think, How is this lad not involved? And I I am not I am not describing the holy grail of a footballer here. We all know that there's a reason why he plays for Everton and there's a reason why he cost a million quid. Um but he, he does simply have to be involved and you know, we we've gone through the first few games of Sean Dyche playing this pretty consistent, let's call it a four five one, basically. Um it would not surprise me now to see that evolve and, and change slightly, um, whether it be in terms of formation or personnel. I think, you know, the the only positive of playing consistent kind of three or four day break games is that, you know, the theory is that he learns about this team very, very quickly. Um, he, he does do have to do exactly that because, you know, time and games are obviously running out, but... Um, results and answers simply have to be found and I don't think many of the answers to the questions that are going to be asked in the next few weeks were evident in certainly the early stages or the starting lineup of tonight's game. Yeah, there's there's no solutions to this, is there? Like we we start we're going in every game with five defenders on the bench and you know yeah. we've got a midfielder on the bench there in Tom Davis tonight and a centre box coming on a plane in midfield before him. Like it's 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 one of them, isn't it? Where like it, you know, I put, I put on Twitter there that I think I think there's every possibility that Sean Dyche actually does a, a quite a good job this season, and Everton still finish bottom because that's yeah. that's that's the that's the sort of squad he's he's been left with, and and this was always the issue for me with January, and aside from the very obvious fact that we needed to sign a striker, and we didn't get one. Is that in Gordon going as well? There's there's nothing on the bench. There's, there's, yeah. there's you know, and teams are bringing on five subs in a game now to, to try and change it, and we've got Damari Gray. 
and that's it. That's I mean, it. that's it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, you can, you can call Alice Sims an option, but the lad's never scored a, a Premier League goal, and he's not looked close to scoring a Premier League goal. And, and that's the thing. It's like if this style of football, which is quite predictable and quite basic, doesn't work. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can really do to change it other than try and shore it up a little bit more or go go even more defensive with the options we've got. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's very hard not to go back to the transfer window now. But as as key and important issue as it is, you know, I, I'm I'm trying in my mind, knowing that it can't be changed, to just draw a yeah, line under yeah, it and yeah. think how do we possibly do anything with this squad. Um, the frustration, obviously, is the fact that. And this is nothing against Sean Dyche or Frank Lampard or, in hindsight, any other manager that's come before them. We're, we're, we're now in that situation where we're watching a manager learn the mistakes and learn the the drawbacks of certain individuals yeah. in this squad that all of us know. Um, you know, we, We'd be the first ones to stand up and say, we as fans do not know more than any football coach or manager. But um, sadly, we know when players are just not quite at the standard that managers wish that they were um you know we we, we've mentioned so many of these individuals and people don't need to be told that the bad footballers at Everton because it is quite frankly most of them um but yeah you you know in in terms of how do we possibly make this work at the moment frustratingly you probably look at the midfield that we put out every single week and think that should work you know that that is quite honestly the best that we have to offer um beyond Anana, Decore and Garner there is in my opinion absolutely nothing bar the prospect of bringing someone like James Garner in in a couple of weeks time who who obviously is getting better and better with every week that he doesn't play at the moment <laughs> um I would put Ben Godfrey in that category before his 20 minute cameo of disaster that was tonight. that was an all-time bad cameo that, yeah. I think it it was a it, to you know, the only thing I will put in his favour is that for for someone, and I'd, I'd throw Michael Keane very much into this situation as well, in that for someone who has not played a lot of football at the moment, and in a game where I would typically pick them to struggle, in particular with Michael Keane, that that is not a situation yeah. that you want to be parachuted into. Um, you know, some someone like him who. Um, I think in the past has relied on building up confidence and consistency and not playing against really rapid, technically good yeah. footballers. Um, Arsenal away is not the point where you want you know your, your first start in a long time. Um, but you know the, these players have to, especially in in periods of kind of not really knowing you know a new manager coming in and not really knowing when your next opportunity is going to be and it might be sooner than you think you you do kind of have to exist in a state of readiness um i don't know what state these players have been existing in in recent (laughs) weeks but nothing seemed ready about about those two lads and you know anyone who's been given any form of kind of cameo opportunity in recent weeks there's certainly no one frustratingly and I think the reason why we're still searching for answers I think now and again in this situation you can look at someone who comes on and um, shows 15 or 20 minutes like Ellis Sims did in a a, you know what was the the recent game where he came on in the Villa game Um, you know, he comes on for Mope, he wins the ball out wide, puts the Corey in. So that was Leeds. Excuse yeah, me, yeah, it was yeah. Leeds late on, wasn't it? Um, and you think, do you know what? Maybe going into the Villa game next week, we, we look at that as a potential option. Um, my point being is that there's absolutely no one banging on the door here. Um, you know, we are, in, in terms of bringing any form of positivity back into this squad, we are simply looking at our watches, waiting for 
you know, we've mentioned James Garner, um, the obvious one being Dominic Carvert-Lewin. Um, you know, Villa probably was one of those games that I look at and think, I know we were ultimately comfortably beaten, but if we have got someone like him, we we probably win that match. Yeah. Um, clearly tonight is a totally different story, but um, it, it's hard, I think. It's, it's really hard to pick a squad up when they know that they are everything. Um, I think I think when you have got kind of a little bit more quality and depth, there's at least a little bit of kind of looking over the shoulder and thinking, you know what, I've got someone on my back here waiting to take my place, or there's a reliance when the when the rest of the team look at yeah. someone going off and see someone coming on, they think, you know what, th- there's a different dimension to us now. If I was someone like Amadou Anana, for example, tonight, or any one of the other players who who started and finished the game. Every single time Everton made a substitution, I'd just do a big internal shrug and think, well, how how does that help? How <laughs> how does that really change the game? Other than someone like Damari Gray coming on, who we know has obvious quality. You look at Godfrey coming on, you look at Davis coming on, you know, McNeil in, in previous weeks, Holgate. Holgate coming on in the centre of midfield, Ellis Sims potentially coming on up front. And you just think, well, how is that really going to help? And you know, the, the manager has to try these things. And you know, I, I'd be the I'd be the first on his back to to say why have you legged nine, the same eleven lads for ninety <laughs> minutes? But um, we're we're a massive collection of bad footballers at the moment. Yeah. Um, and you know, my only hope at the moment is is with most Evertonians is that. The more we look around at live results whilst Everton are playing, is that that there are three other collections of bad footballers that are worse than us. Um, and and until Dominic Calvert Lewin is fit, or until we've got Damari Gray firing on all cylinders up top, that is quite simply the state of of apathy that most Evertonians are going to be in because it doesn't look like we've got a result in us at the moment. Not at all, uh, Matt. We went there and won two years ago with Calvert Lewin, Richarlison, and Ancelotti. Angelotti, James Rodriguez, Luca Dean, um, just bizarre. Forest is just ridiculously big now on Sunday, isn't it? Like, yeah, you know, that, that sort of feels like the game that if, if you just if Everton go there and turn in a really meek performance and lose, then it's like it's it feels like oh no, this this is this is really really going to happen now. It, it's properly in that sweet spot of doom for Everton yeah, as well. Yeah. That game, um, you know, the away games exist on a on an enormous kind of scale, really, of being. You know, most of them obviously work out quite negatively for Everton, but I I look at an Everton side. I, I probably look at an Everton side going to Arsenal or City, or even Chelsea that we've got in a few weeks' time, and think I I can kind of see how we work a result out of those games ahead of someone like a Forest away. Mm. Um, you know, th- this is very much in between a game like tonight and a game like Watford last season, for example. Yeah, yeah. where you think. You know what? You're the better side. Go out and win it. And um, in my mind, before the game, I can naively see how those things work for Everton. That one on on is it Saturday? Sunday. Isn't Sunday. It? Yeah, excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Are we on telly as well? I think so. Yeah. Right. Okay. So there's step one in why we get beat. <laughs> um, step two: promoted club. Um, very positive at home. Great crowd behind them. Very good record. Drew with Man City there yeah. recently. Um, will generally make life a nightmare for teams who aren't up for the fight. Um, and unfortunately, you know, we we talk about this kind of fighting spirit and this dogs of war mentality that we're all ready to dig into when when the chips are down. But we're frail and weak. 
Um, you know, if Everton go one nil down at any point against Nottingham Forest, I couldn't point to to a player in that squad who who rises above how difficult that moment would be and says, "Well, this is what we need to do," or you know, "Follow me, lads. I'll I'll give yeah. you this example of of how." Difficult moments in Premier League football have to be challenged. Um, you know, if Everton go down in games at the moment, they they unfortunately lose them. Um, and it, it's not simply a Dominic Carvert Lewin issue anymore. It is a it is a mentality issue. And I know that I know that Sean Dyche has come in and said, you know how you know certainly on the face of it, I think that he's trying to teach these people how to be people as opposed to footballers <laughs> at the moment he's trying to instill all of the the kind of personnel and all of the characteristics as opposed to how to kick a football and um, we very much need both of those things um, but you know all of all of the kind of the buzzwords that surround a relegation survival he's trying to instill in these footballers and, and I don't think we've seen anything really to suggest that he's made that breakthrough at the moment not at all uh, we will Leave it there. Uh, we will, of course, have build to that game against Forest this weekend. I think it's Sunday lunchtime, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, we'll we'll see. Um, that that is that is enormous. Um, is it Sunday lunchtime? It's it's a two o'clock kickoff <sighs> on Sunday ahead of Liverpool beating Man United. <laughs> <at Anfield. laughs> the Liverpool win tonight, by the way. Uh, Liverpool did win tonight, yeah, up the Reds. So they they, <laughs> they beat Wolves two 0 Thank Christ, yeah. Oh. So. You'll you'll appreciate as listeners that most of these podcasts are recorded in front of live results and fixtures of <laughs> of other Premier League games. But um, yeah, if if I know Sundays, then Everton get beat by Forest and Liverpool <laughs> beat United at home. Uh, there we go. I'm sure you're looking forward to that. Um, <laughs> cheers for for tuning in and listening to this. Like I said, we're building up to that game uh, this weekend. It's absolutely enormous, isn't it? Everton have got to go there and get something. Otherwise. Looks like it's going to be bleak, but uh, cheers to Mark Mosey. Cheers to you for listening. Up the toffees, we'll speak to you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.